welcome to another episode of Ask the Zamboni Experts. I'm your host, Marty Elliott, and our guest on today's podcast is our good friend, Jorgen Ostrom, who is our manage, managing director of Zamboni Europe. Jorgen, welcome. Thank you, Marty. Great to be here. Well, thanks for taking the time to uh, sit down with me and talk about Zamboni Europe. Let's, uh, let's get right into this, uh, Jorgen. How long have you been around the Zamboni machine? And prior to actually becoming Zamboni Europe, why don't you walk the audience through how that took place? Yeah, me personally had only been in the business since, since 2004, so okay. not so long uh, for for our measures in Zamboni. So, but it started in Sweden 1961 with the uh, Roll Bain here, the that is the ah uh, they still there working, but uh, then it's the Zamboni dealership has been walking through Sweden in different uh, setups with different companies, but we all always have followed that with the service. Uh, at least for the most of the years, there were a period of about uh, eight, nine years, we didn't do service directly under Samboni. But uh, after that, we joined the Samboni family again in 2016, I think it was. Right. And when did you actually uh, officially become Zamboni Europe uh, with the Zamboni company? Uh, I know that very well. That was uh, May 21, uh, 2018. Uh, do you have the hour? When you signed yeah, the document? Uh, I think it was about uh, one o'clock <laughs> just after the lunch. I love it. Well, having a good feast and then signing a document, win-win for everybody. So where yeah. else are you located uh, in Sweden there, uh, uh, Jorgen? We're located in a small village uh, in, uh, I would say, mid-north Sweden. Uh, Sweden is a little bit of a strange country because Stockholm is like middle and everything right. above is north. So we're uh, kind of about uh, two hours from Stockholm. Right, right. Uh, driving. Okay. Uh, maybe you can share with the audience. What's the organizational chart look like? Uh, how many uh, how many people are working in the factory, working in administration, sales, service? Maybe you can give the audience an idea of what that looks like. Uh, today we are uh, 16 in total with the service team and uh, all the all the staff in the office, and uh, we have five. Uh, dedicated service guys that are just more or less doing service. They help out in the workshop when needed, but uh, then it's uh, five of them also in the workshop uh, doing uh, production. And then we have uh, one doing uh, parcel shipments and uh, in sales we have, let's say in machine machine and uh, part sales, They there's a combination, they were two. And have economy and me. That's the team, I think. There we go. There we go. So you're the corporate headquarters of Zamboni in Europe, in Sweden, and uh, you support our Zamboni authorized dealers, uh, both in Europe and abroad. Can you uh, share with the audience as far as how many rinks you would serve and what that territory looks like? Oh, I don't have the exact numbers for whole of Europe, but in Sweden we do service in. Uh, somewhere around 250 to 260 rings depends a little bit little bit on the year uh, and um, of course machine sales and that kind of stuff if they have a new machine we don't need to do other than oh, the startup service and the 100 hour service so 
right. But uh, in regular, I would say 260. And when you talk about territories, uh, when it comes to your service team, your technicians that are out and about, how far do they travel and are the, their ability to service the machines, both Zamboni uh, uh, Europe machines and the North American machines, how far do they travel for? Oh, how far do you want them to go? We do <laughs> Qatar, Berlin, uh, Latvia, Russia if needed. We, we go everywhere. So. Well, yeah, and you know what? For the audience listening in those marketplaces and abroad, it's good to know once they, uh, when they're listening to this uh, podcast that they can reach out to you and your team to be able to get service on the machines if they don't have a local uh, Zamboni authorized dealer. But uh, that's that's great information to share with the audience. Let's get specifically, Jorgen, if we can, into the actual machines that you're manufacturing. I want to share with the audience, talk about the Model 612, if you can. Yeah, the Model 612 was uh, built and or invented, I would say, in uh, in Sweden uh, by us. And we, as you know, we've been working with Zamboni for a long time in service. And uh, I think we, we picked a lot of good stuff from there because that's the original. And uh, so a lot of the machine is actually built up as a regional Samboni. Right. So uh, why, why, let me, I want to interject because this is a really important question. I'm curious of the answer. Why did you decide to design an ice resurfacer? What led you to this? And uh, specifically the 612. Uh, uh, there's a kind of a funny story. We uh, was with another brand at the time. We were not in the Samboni, uh, we're not a Samboni company or a dealer at that time. And we had sold the machine to Denmark. And the uh, problem was that uh, the, the manufacturer that we were selling the machines from could not uh, get the machine for us, the one we sold. And uh, then we just come up with a, oh, I don't know, crazy idea of building on one of our own. So we've been in the business since, like I said, we have heritage since 61. and. Uh, I think the the oldest of us was started with IC surfers in '85, right. so we had a lot of competition. Oh, we were kind of knowing what we were doing. So, right. So why don't you why don't you walk us down the path? What were what what you decided to do was build an ice resurfacer. But what were the most important features that you considered uh, when you began the design process that you wanted to have on that specific ice resurfacer uh, when it came out on the six twelve? Uh, electric. Uh, we have a few hydraulic stuff like lifting cylinders and that kind of stuff, board brush. Uh, but otherwise, all electric and also have a very low consumption in a machine by that. So that was also a big issue. You cannot use more electricity than you need to do. Right, right. So maybe you can share with the audience, Jorgen, what is what is it about the 612 that stands out uh, uh, compared to your competitors in your marketplace? Um, maybe you can highlight some of those uh, specifics. Uh, I think that it's uh, very adjustable for the uh for the driver so we normally send the machine over in with the ba basic factory settings that we like to have in it but then they drive two three weeks then we drive over there and uh, ask them if they want to change could be steering radius could be speed 
uh, whatever, because we had three speeds with just a button push, like a like an old car with an automatic with uh, buttons. But uh, so we try to adjust them down around seven kilometers per hour and they actually after some time get used to that but it takes some time to get them down to speed in sweden so well you know what seven kilometers an hour is the proper speed between seven and eight kilometers an hour four and a half to five miles an hour that is the proper speed to operate an extra surface or at any faster and then you create uh, you can create uh, big uh, obstacles and issues with your ice uh, conditions so let me ask you, uh, maybe we can do a walk around of the actual 612 and share with the audience what that looks like. Uh, talk about the operator uh, and uh, how thoughtful the placement and adjustability of the controls were that uh, you guys designed when you came out with the 612. Yeah, uh, one of the really early features that we wanted to have initially when we started this was good visibility in front of the machine because that's a huge issue in Sweden. Uh, with people, they're driving where there is people everywhere around, outdoor the rink. Most of them dump their snow outside the rink, and there's kids and people, and uh, so they good visibility. That's why we have uh, quite an angle on the snow tank. If you you've seen the machine, so you have, I have yeah. seen that, and uh, then also very important adjustable steering, uh, the the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. So people are different in height. So, and then in Sweden, it's becoming to be quite a lot of women working in the industry, and mm -hmm. they are normally shorter than a lot of guys are. So uh, we try to make the machine adjustable for uh, everyone: short people, tall people, big people. So, so what? Yeah. So what you're saying is your machine is adapting to the torso of the body based on the individual driving the ice surfacer, which is great versatility uh, based on who's working the uh, arenas in your marketplace, correct? Yeah. Uh, we also, I think that was just four years ago or something when we even got the question for having an adjustable uh, blade, uh, oh, the blade angle uh, wheel. Yes. Blade adjusting wheel. So yes. we, we built that in because it was a demand in a tender and then it's stuck because it's really, really nice feature. So sure. So you're saying that the uh, the operator's right arm, depending how long or short it is, you, they can adjust the hand crank or hand wheel to adjust yep. the blade based on the position of where their actual hand can be. Some because I know some some operators that uh, their structure is a little shorter uh, and conditions of that that stationary hand crank. Uh, they have to yeah. lean to their right to be able to reach the handle to adjust the blade. So you, you're you saying to the audience that they can adjust that position of the hand crank on the ice surfacer. Is that correct? Yes. Nice. So that, that came from where well, I was kind of smiling when I see that uh, demand in the tender first. But when I see the staff working at that place, I did understand why they asked for it. So right. one of the guys was almost two meters long and one of them were kind of around 150 so it's uh, it was a huge difference right with right. people working there so okay maybe uh, share with the listeners the touch uh, screen that uh, is on the 612 uh, yes uh, we have uh, kind of two uh, two touch screens for all the uh, things that you need to push and start on the 612 
uh, on the latest version of that, we have uh, as an option uh, a real touchscreen with uh, that's 12 inch big that you can modify after your own purpose. And it's Sorry, very. Did you say? Did you say the screen is 12 inches? Yes. Nice. Nice. So uh, with uh, you have all the camera features and everything in it. So and you can adjust it after your what you want what what you want to have in it and uh, for now we just have it in english and uh, korean but uh, we can i think it can work with about 36 different languages so it's a quite of a nice feature and it's very easy to update with uh, the language that you want to have so but the, the thought we have is that we can uh, have all the languages in after time and then that if you have a driver that come from another country working in, like say in Sweden, we have a lot of uh, people from everywhere uh, mm -hmm. working in the ice rinks, so they can choose their own language if they want. So just when they jump up on the screen, so nice. it could be easier. And also for uh, security, I think it's a really good thing. Expand on that. What do you mean by security? Help me understand. Uh, if, if you get the messages in your own language, in your native language, it's mm -hmm. very I think it's easier to understand what the display tells you if right. you have an issue with something. Right. I understand. All right. Let's uh, move along. Let's talk about your uh, your auto ice system. Share with the audience what that uh, is all about, Jorgen. Uh, auto ice system is uh, also coming from uh, a demand. We, we know that the 560 was really early with the auto ice and it became kind of popular in Sweden. It's mm -hmm. a very nice feature. So uh, we adapted it and, and took it a little way further. So we have uh, everything starting with just one push of a button. So you start up, uh, ah, first of all, the conditioners goes down mm -hmm. and it uh, sets the, the water volumes, or not volumes, but uh, the water levels uh, output of the water at uh, mm -hmm. the preset that you had from the last run. Mm -hmm. So you never need to think about adjusting that up or down because you have a preset that starts up. And uh, after some time, it fills up the wash water system and that starts also automatically. Mm -hmm. And the only thing you need to push on, that's the board brush if you want to use the board brush or not. Otherwise, right. everything is uh, is putting the correct pressure for the conditioner and uh, do everything. It's uh, not steering. You have to steer and you have to use the button for the board brush. But And when you stop, you do the same thing. You just push the same button. It goes back and closes everything. So, so um, for the operator aspect, can they adjust based on the condition of the ice, those presets? Um, can they make adjustments to those um, yes. prior to going on the ice or w even while they're starting the flood? Because we know on, on uh, I'll speak to hockey rinks, uh, specifically blue line to goal line is where the most play takes place and the conditions of the ice are beat up a lot more in those areas. So if they're more beat up in the blue line to goal line compared to the neutral zone, can the operator on the fly actually make adjustments to, to be able to maintain the same quality? Yeah, yeah, yes, they can adjust. Uh... Adjust uh, the ice making water and they can stop the ice making water and they can uh, start it again with just that, you know, you turn the, the valve normally, yeah. but in this mm -hmm. case, you just push a button and you just push. Uh, 
Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about your uh, AC motors and controls, and let's talk about the electric part of the machine. Maybe we can share with the audience what all that looks like and how it differentiates your machine to the competitors out there. We have uh, one electric motor in each wheel that mm -hmm. this have a gear drive also in each wheel. So, uh, and then we have uh, uh, electric motors on the augers and for the hydraulics, and also the edger is uh, propelled when they when they choose to have the option. Of the Euro Edger, we uh, that's with an electric PMAC motor. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, it's very low consuming on uh, per run. So in theory, uh, we can do on the standard setup with batteries, we can do twenty-seven resurfacings on one on, on one hundred percent charge. Is that what you're referring yes. to? Yes. Yeah. Okay. On, on one charge uh, that's not recommended i would say because you you drain the batteries a bit too hard but if if you think you can or want you can do it so right right what about um what about your speed is there any sort of automation to speed control on your machine? yes we have uh speed settings for uh initially we we we, we called it garage speed and ice making speed and uh, transportation speed three different speed settings okay uh, but uh, i think they have renamed the, the garage one now to kind of uh, ah like slow only or something right. so, uh, so but slow is around uh, <laughs> everything you want slow to be actually because this is also adjustable so uh, if you want it to be four kilometers per hour or two, we can adjust that. So, uh, but as I said, the ice making speed, we try to set at seven kilometers mm -hmm. per hour. Nice, yeah. nice. And uh, Go ahead, go ahead, Jorgen. Uh, the fast speed uh, can be everything up to 30 kilometers per hour. I've been testing that 30. I didn't want to go any higher, but that's quite fast in an ice surfer, so. 30 kilometers an hour on an nicer surfacer when would i apply that speed where would i be i i don't know actually and uh, <laughs> one other feature that we have uh, since we have these four electric motors in each wheel and uh, quite a complicated uh, digital system to uh, keep track of that instead of the inferential as you have in normal axles so mm -hmm. we have a computer system that feels where every wheel are and what the what speed they are running at so mm -hmm. we have done tests and at uh, doing a 90 degree turn in 16 kilometers per hour it just you you feel a little bit of a just slips a little bit then it straightens itself up again so it's uh, like you have in a modern car it's uh, anti-spin um I, I, well i'll tell you i don't i i know a lot of drivers over here in the in the uh north north american continent that if they knew they could get this speed on their machines they'd be ordering it because some of them are crazy how fast yeah they, they can do a flight in two minutes <laughs> yeah but they don't do any ice then so no they, no of course not i haven't seen this but i know it's an option can you share with the audience because i love this I, I can't wait to see it is the uh, transparent auger viewing panels what's that mean uh, that's that's actually coming from me being really annoyed when i adjusting the level of the blade okay 
that was the purpose for that because I uh, most of the times I just take the covers off mm -hmm. then I can see when I sit in, in the seat mm -hmm. I can see how much snow it picks up right on the blade because you're right above the blade and if you have that in transparent plastic like we have mm -hmm. uh, you you can see through the plastic and it's very easy to see if it the blade is adjusted correctly Right. So you're just speaking of the horizontal auger. What about the yes. vertical auger? Uh, no, no visible there. Sorry. Nothing. Okay. Well, I'm just, no. yeah, interesting. So there's a, uh, there's a number of different manufacturers in your marketplace, uh, Jorgen. Yep. Differentiates the 612 from your competitors' machines. Share with the audience. What, what is different about yours that they couldn't be able to uh, find on your competitors' machines? Oh, that's really difficult because in, in Europe, they have the whole range of everything here. So, uh, uh, but I, I would say that uh, the traction system is quite, un quite unique in our machine and uh, also the speed settings. Yeah. Uh, if they haven't changed anything today on the other machines. But uh, right. as of today, those are the big uh, two uh, stand standouts. Yeah. And also, the I think the, the, the driver compartment in our machine is kind of nice and adjustable. We're the only one with a adjustable steering wheel and that kind of stuff. So an adjustable blade like adjusting that. wheel. So blade adjusting wheel. Yeah, those are those are two neat features just based on uh, a person's stature, uh, how big yeah. or uh, how small they are. So those are what separate the 612 from basically uh, your competitors. What about what is standard on the 612 compared to your competitors and what are options? Are you offering more what uh, competitors would consider options on their machines, but would be standard on a 612? Yes, I think that the, the competitors have more of a kind of uh, different tiers on their uh, machines. They have a, ah, a budget version and a, a medium version and a high level version. And I would say that we are in between the, the, the mid region and the high high grade. We have the side-mounted edger, we have the joystick, we have the big display. Uh, and in, in those kind of things, you can, uh, whatever you want to have, we can build it in. So it's more or less so. Nice, nice. So going back to what you're talking about, the uh, two uh, features that stand out on the 612, both being the adjustment on the steering wheel and the actual hand crank adjustment. Would it be fair to say that the ergonomics and the um, the actual operator's um, let let's call it uh, uh, comfort level is greater with the 612 than most uh, of your competitors' machines out there? Yeah, I would say so. It's uh, mm -hmm. nice to be to have the ability to to adjust. Right. right. If you had a car and uh, the steering wheel was always positioned like they were in the 70s. Uh, mm -hmm you wouldn't buy that car today right i understand let's talk about maintenance on your machines uh what's that look like uh maintenance that uh occurs do you offer uh like a six month a 12 month um who does the maintenance for uh, your uh, customers machines uh, how does that look first of all i think we do all the maintenance on the machines you know the impeller is a very normal thing to change but sure uh, in this this machine, they drive about two years with the same impeller because we have this uh, protection of uh, getting dry run. So, well, share with the audience what's that look like. So you're saying that if someone's not priming the actual pump, uh, wash water pump, 
uh, yeah. with the impellers being used. Is there some sort of alarm system that's set up on your machine? Uh, no, it just won't start. If you, you you have to, it starts by automatic. When you put push the water on, uh -huh. you fill up the washing system in the conditioner. Mm -hmm. And uh, then after a certain time, it starts the pump. So it cannot start without the water is added uh, first. So. Whereas I'm training operators to count to 10 seconds after they open up the wash water valve, then turn on the wash water pump. You're telling yeah. me that this is all automated so that they're not second guessing and they're not blowing out an impeller. No, and also to be really sure that everything is working, we have this uh, optical viewing that the wash water is coming into the driver department and you see it just under the steering wheel, you have it like a clear tubing. So you can mm -hmm. see the wash water coming there. Okay. So, so then you have a visual of it too. And for, to be really, really sure that you haven't forgotten the thing. We have mm -hmm. also a warning light that is uh, uh, like flashing orange if you forgot to put it on. So Nice, so keep it simple, but very, yep. uh, yeah, very visible to the operator to make sure that things are running properly and doing yep. what they're supposed to be doing as far as those options. So I'm a customer in a marketplace uh, that you would be uh, looking after. I want a demonstration. Do you offer any sort of product showcase or any sort of demonstrations of your machines? Uh, and how often do you offer that? Uh, mm, yes, we try to do at least three or four or five uh, showcases where we in, uh, invite people to come to an arena. Mm -hmm. uh, normally, there uh, somewhere between 30 and 70 people shows up at the most of the time so nice what about uh, training uh do your service techs do they actually do on ice training for operators do you guys offer that service uh, yes uh, all nice. of them uh can do that uh, most marcus and anel i don't know if you met anel no i haven't met anel uh, i've worked with no. marcus over in uh, iceland but uh, no i haven't yeah. met anel the training courses that for two two days actually become three days now they all meet up in the evening right. in a hotel and then they have the first dinner say hello to everyone and uh, then it's uh, theoretic uh, about this safety mostly i think mm -hmm. talking through the machines and then the last day is on ice so uh, right. we're uh, almost finished uh, and we're going to launch Zamboni boot camp, which is certainly aligned with what I think what your team is doing over there, but uh, we'll definitely share that with you and uh, Marcus and Arnell. Yeah, the the boot camp thing I really love, and I think the, the 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 name of it is also catching here in Sweden and the rest of Europe. So I think it's a really good name for it. How can they reach out to you? How can they contact the Zamboni Europe? Uh, what uh, what boards can they reach out to you? On? Uh, easiest on the, the website, I think, to to find all the contact information. Zamboni.com. So mm -hmm. use that one for send us a message, and we call you back or take contact via email. So. Oh, that's fantastic. I um, uh, have one thing that is coming up, or actually two things, that mm -hmm. uh, the 612 uh, have going to, in two, next year, it's going to be the anniversary, a 10-year anniversary of the 612. Wow. In 10 years. Nice. So, nice. And Jorgen, those customers that are interested in looking at a 612, they'll be able to go see one in some some location, obviously? Yeah, what I can remember now, it's uh, Finland, Poland, uh, Netherlands, uh, Denmark, Sweden, of course, uh, yes. Finland, if I didn't say that. Uh, so uh, South Korea, that's nice. kind of far away for European, but it's... Uh, 
Well, audience, those are the locations where the 612 are located. And uh, again, reach out to uh, Jorgen and his team on Zamboni.com. Jorgen, I want to thank you for spending the time with me today. Uh, great information you share with the audience. Always is a pleasure. And for the audience, uh, Jorgen and I somewhat look alike. Uh, my brother from another mother, and I can't wait to see you face to face. It's been a long time, but hopefully soon, sooner than later, uh, we'll be together and uh, share stories and experiences and uh, continue doing what uh, you do best. And that's always uh, train and sell the quality product that you do for your customers to give the best uh, ice they possibly can to their customers. I want to thank everyone for listening into another episode of Ask the Zamboni Experts podcast. If you have a question for one of our experts or an idea for a future episode, please email your questions or requests to info at Zamboni.com. For more information or additional podcast episodes, please visit Zamboni.com forward slash podcast or search Ask the Zamboni Experts on Apple Podcasts Google Podcast and Spotify. This is Marty Elliott, your host, wishing you an ice day.